This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. In this current COVID reality, we're focusing on all the ways that we can stay flexible, adaptable, and agile so that we can impact our rapidly changing world for the sake of the gospel. We're all in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us. Hey, welcome back to the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. This is Jimmy Scroggins. Glad that you're joining us today. We have a very special live edition of the podcast. We're here at the Church for the Rest of Us conference in West Palm Beach, Florida. I'm here with my co-host, Leslie Bennett. Also, pastors Jonathan Aiken, Freddie Wyatt, and Corey Abney. And we'll give them a chance to introduce themselves in just a moment. Sounds good. Yeah, so glad to have everyone here today. It's so fun to be live in the room with Church for the Rest of Us. Um, so we have some great pastors here uh, in, in the room and on our panel this morning. So let's just go ahead and have you introduce yourselves, who you are, what church you're representing. So we'll start with you, Corey. Yeah, uh, my name is Corey Abney, and I serve as a lead pastor at Bell Shoals Church in Tampa. My name is Freddie T. Wyatt. Yes, Super Bowl week. Big week. Do you all have football in Tennessee still? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. It's a good question. Our church is called Real Life Church uh, in the Sango area of Clarksville, Tennessee. Quite quite a ways from Knoxville, Tennessee. Hey man, my dad my dad played football at Austin P. You're kidding. No, and so he always has this cheer. He goes, let's go yeah, that's right. Do it. He says that all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's just the beginning of and it. And I just shared it on the podcast for everyone to know. There you have it. I didn't know that. Okay. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I'm John Aiken. I work for the North American Mission Board, and I'm the interim pastor at First Baptist Church of Naples. But I do live in Knoxville, Tennessee, and we do still have football, but not as good as it used to be. All right. You got that right. Hey, uh, welcome all of you guys. It's fun to have friends in the room, friends eating with us, listening in. Um, it means so much to us that you guys are here on Church for the Rest of Us podcast. And Freddie, I want to start with you because, Freddie, you actually planted your church how many years ago? Yeah, just about two and a half. So you planted your church just two and a half years ago. It's got to be tough a year and a half into your church plant to have COVID. So I'm just wondering, how are you managing that? How are you thinking about that? And how has that landed on you as a pastor and on your team at Real Life Church? Yeah, well, I would whine about it, but hearing your message this morning, I'm not going to talk about any of that. Um, no, it's been it's been challenging. It's been tough. We met in the school. We got booted out of the school. You know, did the parking lot thing for a little bit. We found a new space. We've got a phenomenal team. Tons of volunteers. Everybody just kind of went all hands on deck to to figure it out. So it was tough. In the last six months, we've actually seen a ton of new folks engaging with us. So. Well, Freddie, have you tried to stay engaged with people? Because when you, I mean, do you have a, your own building? No, we rent a facility. So like, how do you stay engaged with people when you're in this time where just engagement has to be different? Yeah, one of our values is margin for mission. So we're always telling people, get to know your neighbors, you know, and, and so that's that's our first impulse. But we try to be really active in the schools and it's it, COVID's been brutal for teachers, right? We're really loving on the teachers in practical ways, taking them you know, gift bags, filling the bathrooms in the schools with soaps. We've, we've adopted two schools in our area. And so that's kind of our laser focus level on the teachers well, right well, now. This isn't the first church plant you've been a part of. And so tell us, like, what have you learned that's kind of prepared you for this, this moment? Well, we, we planted some in New York city and all the gatherings are much smaller right. in New York city. Right. So 
Um, I think that's prepared us to maybe redefine success a little bit, okay. you know, and to be more comfortable in a smaller environment. So you stand up on stage to preach. If it's a, a smaller gathering trying to come back from COVID, you're not as shaken by it, you know. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of one of the, the things that's been on my mind. And Corey, you know, you and I have been friends for a long time. So well, we were pastors together in Kentucky. We actually served at the same church at Highview Baptist Church in Louisville. And now I'm down here in West Palm. And you are now the lead pastor at Bell Shoals Baptist Church over in the Tampa St. Pete area. And you went there and you preached your first sermon as the new pastor just two months before the shutdown. How do you lead your church as a brand new pastor? And it's got to be difficult for you to even meet people. Uh, it was very, very difficult in the first six to nine months because I had not established enough of a rapport, trust, mm -hmm. and I'm eight weeks in and no one's coming into the worship center anymore. <laughs> and I effectively killed Bell Shoals. So yeah. uh, it was hard because, you know, I'd heard for a long time, I mean, years really, but then certainly in the process of me going to Bell Shoals, what a wonderful fellowship it is, how much they love their pastor yeah. and all their pastors. And then I get there, we go into COVID, we're making decisions on online and all the rest. And the emails I'm getting, many of them are nasty. Mm. They are over the top. And mm. I'm like, this isn't the Bell Shoals I heard about. Right, and, right. Um, so it was a real challenge to navigate that. And then over time, especially online, to build trust and establish a rapport. You know, it's unique to all of us, but certainly in my first six months. So how have you kind of worked your way through that? Like, I know that was your biggest challenge initially. But now you've been gathering for several months now. So like, yeah. what does that feel like now? Much different, you know, and, and we've made some strategic decisions. Uh, COVID gave me an opportunity to work on a lot of things behind the scenes. And I was able to really establish trust and get some leadership capital with our key leadership mm -hmm. uh, with whom I was working even through COVID. And so once we came back to in-person gatherings, we had enough momentum behind the scenes. And I feel like our people kind of eventually got to a place they realized this COVID thing's not going away. It's not like a one month, two month. And, and we've kind of settled. And then we've seen a lot of positive momentum in ways and that's carried us through. Yeah. You into the conversation. All of you are pastors who are leading forward in a difficult season, and that's what we're talking about at our conference. So, John, you're interim pastor in this season. How are you leading First Baptist Naples forward? Well, I, I get to partner with a great team who's here at the conference. And uh, so one of the things, too, about leading forward is honestly going back to the fundamentals of what it means to be a pastor, what it means to do ministry. And so COVID actually helped in that regard. Like our, our executive pastor, they did a great job of saying, look, we're going to contact everybody, you know, starting at 65 and older. And we're going to make sure that we're like phone calling. We can't be there in person. We're going to call everybody. And it was amazing to me that like the reports that we would get of people who would say, my pastor's never called me before. And it's like, that's crazy Man, you're a about. genius in our <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly right like my pastors never called me before and so they they just love that and so going back to man this is about relationships this is about personal touch i know i said it last night one of the things that i uh because i went into a situation that was not just covid but some just some strife and tension in the congregation and just going back to look don't become cynical about people that you're ministering to, even when they, as Corey said, even when they send you nasty emails and, and they seem like they're against you, these are sheep that you're called to shepherd. 
And so just maintaining and, and continuing to build those personal relationships is key to leading forward because it builds trust, it, it builds fellowship, and it helps you have the capital that you need to be able to make changes to move forward. And so that's kind of what we've been focusing on. I wonder, um, as we think about how to build trust, how to build capital, and how to, how to provide leadership and gain fellowship, we're also, all of us are extremely concerned about evangelism because that's the commission that we have from the Lord Jesus Christ. It's also organizationally the lifeblood. And so when you are shut down or it's more difficult to gather people together, I'm just curious as to what you guys are doing in your different churches where you're leading. Like, what are you trying to do about uh, evangelism? Freddie, let's go back to you for that one. You either have that culture or you don't. So when COVID hits, you can't snap your fingers and create a new culture, right? Yeah, so it's really hard. So it really starts before Great that. Point. You know, and so I, I mentioned one of our values is margin for mission. And so we often say out loud, our dream as a church is for you to know your neighbors' fears, hopes, and dreams. And COVID prevents, presents an opportunity, maybe more so than usual, because everybody's at home. You know, so we literally had a kind of shelter in place so that we just kind of double down on that and say, hey, what, nobody likes this, but God may be providing an opportunity for us to lean into our culture and our mission already, you know, in this. So um, I don't know. I don't know that we came up with anything new and fresh evangelistically, but rather just kind of championed what we kind of had already sowed into the congregation. Well, I think I think your idea about culture is powerful, too, because you're right. When crisis hits or when things change radically and you didn't see it coming, your culture is what is what sustains you. Those commitments that you've made collectively is what allows you to not get totally blown away. So I think that is a very good point. John, what are you guys doing in Naples with that? So I'll, I will give credit. This is not for me. I'll give credit to the team. Again, it was a very challenging season for the church, even before I came, even before COVID. And they, they did, and I don't want to sound like a company man here, but uh, the church did Who's Your One yeah. uh, that, that NAM has rolled out and saw in a very difficult season record baptisms and conversions. And so I, I just think, you know, whatever program it is, I mean, I, I love what, what we do at NAM, but but yep. any program that, that challenges, equips, and motivates members to begin sharing their faith, inviting people to church, uh, has, has been incredibly successful for us at Naples, and I know a lot of different churches around the convention, so I, I would commend that. Yeah, and I want to say that too. So anybody listening on our podcast, um, if you don't have a program for evangelism, go to nam.net, N-A-M-B.net, and find the Who's Your One program. You can order resources. They have a whole way that you can engage your church, and it doesn't matter how big your church is. It doesn't cost a lot of money. Any church of any size could take this resource and do it. And I'm so grateful that the North American Mission Board is encouraging all of us, uh, pastors of churches of any size, and whether it's urban, suburban, exurban, all of us can do a version of this uh, program. And I'd encourage all of our listeners to consider that if you have not yeah. already. How about you, Corey? Talk about Bell Shoals. Yeah, so one wrinkle in addition to what Freddie and John have said is we're trying to maximize our online connections because we're seeing so many new families connect with us through our digital platforms and they will visit at some point. And we've been very strategic about restructuring our connections team, uh, creating easy on-ramps for a first time guest 
to connect with us. And we're having immediate gospel conversations using three circles, which is another tool that the North American Mission Board's helped us with over the years. We love it because you can use it for every demographic. Yep. That's a really good tool. Uh, it, it, it's, um, yeah, I'm trying, to think of who, I'm trying to think of who came up with it, but um, yeah, it's really, really good. And uh, I, I would just, I, we've seen COVID as an opportunity because a lot, a lot of people, really all of us are in chaos to some extent. And the on-ramps that we've been able to make are definitely heightened during this season with people who don't know the Lord and they're coming to church for the first time. Curious, as we begin to regather, everyone's regathering, meeting in person, correct? Are you seeing new people connect with your churches? And if so, how are you engaging those new people? I guess, Freddie, you're, the, you're our go-to guy. Yeah, I, you know, I, the timing of regathering, I mean, it really, it was I, a gamble for everybody. You know, nobody knew how any of it was going to go. And we came out of the gate pretty quickly, I think, back into gatherings. And we saw a lot of a lot of churches that maybe weren't doing it as quick, and a lot of folks wanted to worship in person came to us, and so we're just we're kind of spinning our normal wheel of first step. Everybody knows a clear first step in, in our church, and then moving them through what we call the path. So our systems that we normally have in place, but we've we've seen a ton of folks take those first steps with us. So I love that name for your uh, onboarding process, the path. Yeah, I mean, it communicates so clearly what you're trying. We to, want them to get moving. You know, want to write the right path yeah. down. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, John or Corey, what are you, what are you seeing? We are we're seeing new guests every week, and our, we're seeing our attendance climb uh, weekly. And and really, we're just using some of the same old pathways of connect cards and follow up that we've that we've always used. As Freddie talk, kind of talked about, there's a hunger for people to be back in person, yeah. for people to be back in in the flesh. I mean, online church and, and and being able to use some of that stuff that we were able to use during the lockdowns was helpful, and we were thankful that we were positioned to do that well as a church. But there's nothing that substitutes for in flesh family of Christ meeting together. I'll just share one quick story. So my, my brother, my twin brother, is also an interim pastor at a church. And when they started meeting back in person, there was a like a 75-year-old lady. As he's kind of going through the, 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 the aisles, you know, with his mask on, saying, hey, keeping his distance. And she said, Pastor, would you would you hug me? And he's like, well, I'm, I know I'm not supposed to. Are you okay? She said, she said, I have not been hugged in four months. And I just really wish you'd hug me and I don't care. Would you play? And he's like, absolutely. So he, he hugs her. And that just, for me, is just kind of like, man, online stuff is great. We want to be as good at all of that as we can. But the, the body of Christ is about gathering in person and people have been hungry for that. And so they're coming back. And so we're just, we're kind of following up in the ways that we always have been. Uh, to try to keep them connected to our church. Yeah, we've started saying the safest way to worship is family church at home, but when you're ready, the best way to worship is face-to-face like because we need each other and we want to be face-to-face. Let me let me add this. There was a, uh, I think it was a Gallup poll that was done about mental health in America, and it showed, which is not a surprise, that mental health across the board declined in America, except for one, there was one variable, People who attended a religious That's gathering right. actually reported the same or better mental health uh, in 2020 than anybody else. And so it's kind of like crazy 
hey, maybe God knew what he was talking about in his word, <laughs> that we actually need each other and we need to relate to each other. And so that that's uh, that's a, a super encouragement to me. That's good. Yeah, it's, it's a difference between looking at a picture of the Rocky Mountains. When you go out and you see it yourself, you take a picture and you send it to your family, it doesn't impact them the same as it does you when you're sitting there looking at it. And we've got to drive people back to in-person gatherings. That is the church. And for us, with all of our creative efforts and our digital content, we're pushing people to visit, if they're in the Tampa area, one of our campuses. If they're in Omaha, Nebraska, we have no interest in creating a culture where people are worshiping at Bell Shoals in Omaha, Nebraska. We want them right. connected to a church in Omaha, Nebraska. So right. um, for us, we've seen what John said, the opportunity, and then they're all connecting online first. Every single first-time guest in the last you know, six to nine months has told mm -hmm. us 100%. Online first, 70, 75% of them are on a mobile device, yeah. not a computer or a tablet. And um, when they come, there's a hunger and I feel like a great opportunity. Now, John, you, you uh, we mentioned in a previous episode, you uh, lead the Young Leaders uh, Initiative with the North American Mission Board. And so you're interacting with younger leaders uh, all the time, that's your job. So I wonder, how, how do you feel like younger leaders are processing all of this? How are they feeling about what's happening in the culture right now when it comes to church? Well, you know, not all young leaders are the same. So it, it is across the board, depending yeah. on where they are. There, there is a, uh, a spectrum, I'd say, of response from people who are who tend towards more fearful, more OK with lockdowns and those kind of things to those who are uh, much more opposed to lockdowns and, and wanted to get back together as soon as they could. And so there's a there's a just like with any of us, there's a spectrum of reaction and response from young leaders. But I think the, the vast majority of them that I've talked to see this as a challenge and a difficulty, but also as an opportunity, as I mean, as, as Corey's just kind of been saying, like, this is an opportunity for us to retool, to rethink to refocus on what what are the essentials of ministry because we can get so busy with our week right of, of meetings programs etc and we're not ever thinking about kind of going back to the basics and like what is ministry actually it's just sometimes we we think that activity is productivity and it's not and so a lot of these young leaders that i've been talking to and and just are okay how do we refocus on discipleship and yeah, like making good. disciples that's what we're about maybe we, all the activity we've been doing has not been really successful on that. And so how do we get back to that? And so that's been the main thing I've heard from young leaders who are, you know, nervous, upset, frustrated, attendance is down, whatever, even when they start meeting back, it's not the same as it was, as you talked about this morning, but this is an opportunity for us to refocus on what we're supposed to be as a church. Excellent. So as we begin to wrap up here, this is church for the rest of us. So I'm going to ask you, what is one word of advice or encouragement that you would give to pastors, especially of small or medium sized churches in this season? And I'm actually going to start with you, Pastor Jimmy. Yeah, I, I would just encourage people to not give up on the fundamentals, as Jonathan just said. Yeah. I just feel like if um, the things that the Bible tells us to do as as men and women, as families, as church families, if we'll just keep, we may have to find some new ways to express these fundamentals or to live them out because of constrictions that come from the culture. But 
the bedrock foundational, uh, the stones that God uses to build his house have not changed. That's right. Yeah, one piece of advice for those who are lead pastors and are listening is to really lean into the needs of your staff or your key lay leaders right now. I think there's a cumulative effect with COVID, a fatigue, a discouragement, and I'm really trying to bring strategic encouragement to our staff and our ministry teams right now. And I think that's vitally important because it's it's such a frustrating time. And then um, personally, I would just encourage all leaders to not neglect their families, their vacation time, time away um, during COVID. Because listen, uh, great point. Not, none of us are gonna have someone stand up at our funeral and say, let me tell you about Pastor Jimmy, let me tell you about Pastor Corey. They went 57 consecutive weeks during COVID without taking a week of vacation. They're not going to say that. So They're not even going to come. They're, yeah, they're not even going to be there. So I know for me, this isn't true for Jimmy, but I know for me, no one's going to write a uh, biography of my life. <laughs> you know, so I, the way I see my life in ministry is my kids are my legacy. You know, there's going to be a point in time no one talks about me as the pastor of Bell Shoals anymore. Um, but, so my kids are my legacy, and I don't want COVID mm to rob me of the opportunity that I have as a husband and a father because it's not worth it. So I'd encourage leaders to be encouragers Good. as you have opportunity and then first and foremost to care well for your family and take time off as you need to. I'd say talk to other pastors, find a friend. We're all in this together and you'll be strengthened talking to other pastors. And then Philippians 1, 6, you know, we're everything, everything's uncertain. And Paul says, I'm sure of this, I'm, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it under the day of Christ Jesus. So that's rock solid. Yeah, that is. Praise God. Right. My encouragement would be to piggyback on both what Jimmy said and what Corey said. So one is to say, man, look, I know things are difficult. I know there's things you can complain about, but like you're in ministry and you have a job. <laughs> and so be thankful for that. Be excited about that don't complain don't don't be pessimistic like that's a great blessing i mean just that god would use any of us and that 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 god's people would provide for us to do that is amazing and so be thankful and happy and supportive um, of that and so that that would be one of my main encouragements and then just as jimmy said as, as i've tried to preach go back to the fundamentals because the the ancient ways, the biblical ways are the best ways. Yeah. I was reminded of this this past Christmas we were at my parents' house. I don't know if we're supposed to share that or, or not, but we, we did go hang out yeah, with my there. parents. And so I'm not telling Dr. Fauci. Yeah, exactly right. So my, my son, Judson, <laughs> seven, listen. and he's like really gotten into football this year. And he was talking to my dad, my you know, his granddad, and he was like, Bill Belichick's the greatest coach in the history of football. And my dad was like, no, Vince Lombardi is. And he tells my son about the Vince Lombardi speech of the beginning of training camp. He holds up a football and says, gentlemen, this is a football and goes back to the fundamentals and, and how it, it led to the string of success for the Packers. And like for me, that was just, you know, it's great to hear my dad tell my son that. But also it's like, you know what? That is true. Like going back to disciple making, shepherding, relationships, that's the key to moving forward in this in this time. And so we can pretty that up and talk about all kinds of different things but that that is the key so going back to the fundamentals is is uh, essential and that's the key to any time and i really appreciate it. i hope our listeners appreciate the great wisdom that's been shared in this time together because no matter what size your church is no matter how big you think your ministry is or how big your budget is all of us 
can do something for the Lord with the resources we have in our churches right now. And that's what we want to encourage you to do at Church for the Rest of Us. So reach out to us, call us, email us, reach out to us on social media. Family Church and Church for the Rest of Us will do anything we can to help you lead your church to do everything that God wants you to do in this time. This is Jimmy Scroggins, Leslie Bennett, John Aiken, Freddie White, and Corey Abney, Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want to hear what you're doing so that we can all learn from each other. We're in this together. We are Church for the Rest of Us. Until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins, staying flexible, adaptable, and agile, all for the sake of the gospel.